Greetings. Uh, welcome to the fourth really useful podcast. Uh, we are being very kindly hosted by Make Use Of this week, and we're here with more useful news and useful tips for you to make better use of your tech. I'm Christian Corley, and with me is Gavin Phillips. Hi, Gavin. Hey, Christian. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Thank you. You? Very well, yeah. Yeah, good day. Good, good sunshine, full day. Yeah, cool and crisp here. You? Mm, yeah, very nice. Very nice. Yeah, a bit dark at the moment, uh, hence the lighting. Uh, it's <laughs> kind of slightly washed out. You've got a nice mood thing going on, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I, I took, uh, took a few minutes to uh, really make myself look very beautiful uh, for the audience. But yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been a delightful day down here in Cornwall. Yeah, they, they, they don't know how lucky they are, do they? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if this is your first time with the Really Useful Podcast, uh, you can find us on iTunes for the previous shows. And the idea is simple. Uh, there are websites and podcasts and videos uh, that give you tech tips for techies. We're not for techies. We're for people who don't really get tech, people who don't want to get tech. Uh, we're here to make it easy for you. Whether you are nine or 90, you just want your tech to work for you. The idea is that's what we're here to do. We help you sort that out. Uh, we are live on YouTube at the moment and uh, we uh, will, wherever possible, answer any questions that you might have. Uh, hello, uh, Rafael Fernandez and everyone else who's watching right now. I'm hoping more and more people come via uh, Twitter and Facebook in the next few minutes. But, you know, we're going to crack on regardless. You'll be able to uh, watch um, the show, I dare say. That's usually what happens, isn't it? You can usually catch up and rewatch them later on. And we will be uh, issuing this as an audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify and all those other fantastic places where you can find us. Uh, thanks to uh, the excellent hosting at Anchor, which uh, is absolutely free and that I'm not being paid to say that. I'm really impressed with the Anchor podcast service. So, uh, Gavin, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, yeah, can do. Um, well, we mainly noticed in the news this week that uh, Spotify has updated and is launching its uh, Endless Artist Radio, and that's a new feature uh, coming to the premium subscription. Um, I think it's mainly to fend off the growing competition from Apple Music uh, mm -hmm. and the rest of the on-demand music services that are sort of circling and taking little bites out of Spotify's market share. Yeah. Um, but the, the new premium features sort of integrate more of the stuff that brings you the weekly personalised um, playlist and bringing that into like a personalised search. So rather than the general search page that you used to end up on, you type a song and you'd get every single song of that name that's ever existed. Now you search for a song and it gives you uh, songs that you might actually quite enjoy. So if you searched for Hallelujah, you would get different songs of the same genre rather than the you know 47 different cover versions of Hallelujah, um, which I think is... Um, as it's meant to do, it's really going to streamline your your search capabilities. Well, the Spotify thing, do you know? I don't use Spotify a lot. I'm an Amazon Music because it's mm. just convenient because I've got a lot of Amazon devices around the house. <clears throat> uh, when when I my, it was my my sister who first told me about Spotify, and mm. I was absolutely blown away by how fast it got so big. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was. 
2015. That sounds about right. Yeah, 2015, early 2015, I first heard about Spotify. Yeah. And from my sister. And and it was big then. And I had no idea how big it was. And then it just around the same time, that sort of 12 to 18 months after that, it absolutely got absolutely huge. Yeah. According to Statista, it's 83 million paying customers, which is whoa. I mean, that's a serious amount of uh, of, of customers, considering, like we're saying, there are so many market options now. Um, and especially like you said with Amazon. Because so many people buy into the Amazon Prime subscription, you think more people would switch over and start using it as they're paying for it anyway. Yeah, but I think, and myself included, I, I pay for both um, because I prefer Spotify's range of music. Um, but yeah, it's interesting they've they've finally started to streamline search because it's something that a lot of people have wanted for quite a long time. Um, within that, they've also changed um their artist radio features so you can uh, right click on an artist uh and it plays you a variety of songs relating to the artist or or okay. a specific song and that's now going to be more specialized and personalized to your music tastes uh rather than just sort of playing random songs and dotting through genres and by the end of it you by the time you've done about 20 or 30 songs you're sort of a bit off genre uh, and you've drifted yeah, yeah, off yeah. and you're starting to get stuff that's a bit terrible so i think uh it's gonna yeah it's gonna make it a lot better well hopefully also this will uh, help up the game for uh, apple perhaps and also particularly for amazon as i mentioned because i'm just going to uh, this is something that happened i've tried already today just because mm -hmm. i like the track and i like the artist and i have an amazon music subscription now this is what happened okay Alexa, play Chiquita by Aerosmith. Chiquita by Aerosmith on Amazon Music. Now, that's not what happened earlier on. <laughs> Alexa, stop. <laughs> what happened earlier today was that I was told that I couldn't listen to Chiquita by Aerosmith ah. because uh, it's not in my music library. Oh, mm. Yes, it is. I have a subscription. So, uh, yeah, little things like that. They need to improve. Um, yeah. I know it works now, and I can't listen to it now because I'm talking <laughs> to you. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's the sort of thing that they need to improve, yeah, uh, Amazon. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's fantastic for Spotify users. It's absolutely great. Yeah. Okay, uh, we're, um, I should have done a little recap earlier, so I'm going to do that now. So we're going to do a couple of news items that will be relevant to you. Um, then we've got a tip for you, and quite, quite a good tip as well if you're an Android user or an Amazon Fire tablet user. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we're going to look at some useful tech. Uh, we thought we'd bring in a visual element to this uh, podcast. Uh, so I've got an item that I want to share with you. And Gavin also has an item that he's brought along with him from, well, one part of his house to another, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, which he wants to share. And just to um, emphasize like, the benefits of these items, uh, regardless of how much they cost, but kind of really for productivity and convenience, because that mm -hmm. really is one of the main things that we're interested in. Now, um, so we're going to move on, and I think, yeah, I'm going to let you do the Twitter thing because you highlighted it, and then I'll do the third thing. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so uh, Twitter have, um, I mean, if you use Twitter, you know what a kind of a cesspit it can become at times. God, yeah. Um, there's a lot of good in Twitter as well. I mean, I use it every day to find new security and tech news and um you know, it's one of those tools. It depends on how you use it. You can make the best of it, or you can, you can find the worst of it. Um, 
but Twitter are taking more note of the fact that a lot of people are starting to report uh, on the things that break the rules of Twitter. Um, and the people who report them want to know that action is actually being taken uh, and that their reports are actually going to somewhere. So from now on, if you report a tweet and Twitter deems it to be sufficiently rule breaking, uh, it will now state this tweet is no longer available because it violated the Twitter rules. Uh, and within that, there will also be a link to the Twitter rules. So there's no excuse not to read them. Uh, so if it is a tweet that you have posted that has been flagged as a violation, you can uh, get to grips with what you've done or allegedly done. Um, and it should hopefully make people a little bit more aware about what they're tweeting and, um, you know, how it's affecting other people. The flip side of that is that you can use it for a tool just to shout down people. So it remains to be seen how Twitter are going to sort of, in my mind, police that in the long run. Um, you can already use, and we've seen on you know platforms like YouTube in the past, those heavy, heavy campaigns where people just pile in on a single video to get it taken off if they don't agree with it. So it's a form of censorship in that sense. So it remains to be seen how it will actually work out. But I mean, if they're bringing it to the forefront and making people more aware of the rules of the platform, maybe you'll see a decrease in the kind of worst aspects of it. So it's kind of. It feels like not before time to be mm. dealing with those types of problems, doesn't it? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of the things we um, just been brought to my attention, just going back a moment, is um, uh, if, I, if you know, uttering the word Alexa over loudspeakers is prone to set up other people's <laughs> devices. Uh, so, um, we have a comment from uh, Rob Nightingale of makeusoft.com. Uh, to that effect, so sorry about all that. Said, Don't uh, do it again, please. <laughs> yeah, I won't do it again. Uh, yeah, well, so Twitter. Um, I've um, do, do you know what I've lately for years I've just not bothered with the report things on Twitter, but as things tend to get you know, in, in politically on both sides of all political debates, people tend to be taking increasingly extreme positions. And, you know, one solution is just to switch off your phone and go and do something else. Another solution is to maybe try and, and this is something, something I've only just started to do, and that is to uh, report messages. And, and it feels a bit telltale but at the same time, if we're trying to foster a better way of doing Twitter, I think it's kind of important to at least consider doing it from time to time. So I, I these are the changes. Yeah, exactly. I think I think there's times where you, you see stuff, you know, and it is obviously, you know, hateful content or, or similar. And it is a sort of it's an obvious thing where you feel like you should report it if it's directly attacking someone in a really awful way. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff that you do kind of need to leave up there to allow conversation to flourish, you know, yeah. Um, and as we saw with the the Google, uh, the good sensor leak uh, last week, um, those internal conversations that companies are now having about how they actually actively police this whilst allowing conversation to happen. Um, and it's a massive internal debate that these companies are having to have uh, all the while <laughs> introducing these products into the public. So there's no sort of boundary for them to, to get it wrong or else everybody jumps on them. So it's a complete learning curve all the time. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, it's um, as I say, it does feel a bit telltale, but 
it really needs to if Twitter's to survive and if that mode of live conversation is to survive there does need to be something in place it might not be the best way of doing it uh, mm. but I think it's probably the best way that's come along so far so yeah 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 okay we're going to move on now I'm just still updating the show notes so everything we've talked about so far you should be able to find that in YouTube uh, just below the video and I'm just going to confirm that for you uh, well, it's not there yet, but I'm sure it'll appear later. Uh, we, we will have show notes published, and they will be available in the old uh, on the uh, iTunes uh, podcast listing as well when we go audio only uh, in a few hours' time. Right, so uh, let's get this next thing going, which is uh, something I found, and it is although there is a lot of uh, sort of UK esque stuff about this, you know, make use of is an international site. Um, we, you know, we both contribute to make use of, and really, so podcast isn't bound by location only in terms of who's talking. Um, just so happens that Gavin and I are both in the UK. Uh, some of our uh, other team members, uh, we've, we've got Ben Stegner, who's in the USA, and we've got Ian Buckley, who's he's British, but he's in Germany, so mm. yeah, covering all bases there. <laughs> True, <Now, global. laughs> yeah, totally, slightly quarter north. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, British shoppers have been deceived by misleading Amazon product reviews found to study by the British consumer magazine, which uh, is a great uh, publication, which has done sterling work for consumer rights over the past 30 years, if not more, uh, here in the UK. And, you know, the thing about this is it isn't only British customers that have been duped by reviews on Amazon. Um, they, they, they basically purchased five items and wrote reviews for them as instructed, uh, the, the, the chosen people. Three out of the five <clears throat> purchases were not refunded. In two cases, the reviews were not considered positive enough, um, which gave one of the promoted products, a smartwatch, a two-star review and did not receive a refund of the purchase price. And the Amazon seller told them to rewrite the review because in the case of a free item given to reviews, it is the default to give five-star evaluation. This whole thing is turned into a kind of rackety sort of underground industry around mm -hmm. Amazon uh, and eBay as well, whereby people are given the opportunity, joining Facebook groups, um, sort of bidding on reviews and getting free hardware for good reviews. And it skews the results and it makes it appear that a piece of tat is absolutely fantastic. Uh, have you ever been caught out with one of these, Gavin? Well, a fake review on uh, Amazon. Um, I can't think I have not not on Amazon. I definitely have um, on other sites. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I can't think of a specific Amazon example, but you definitely read through them and you can you can see some of the reviews are just so glowing uh and yeah. i always find it's the ones that actually make specific reference to a, a, a huge range of features that uh, a specific item has and they're very very detailed uh about specific say dimensions or power aspects and this and that and they yeah. um the ones that seem kind of overbearing scripted you might say <laughs> uh always with a five star um 
so yeah you can you can see how it happens you can see how people are easily duped as well because they're there and they're prominent aren't they so yeah i've um started doing this and so far it's been successful for me um i think it's worth sharing and that is uh, when you're looking on amazon look at the item that you're planning to buy and scroll down and have a look at the reviews now you'll find them all listed in categories you like the five star the four star three star the two star ignore the fives and the fours and start with the threes you can just click those and it'll bring up a list of three star reviews click the two list mm. of two star reviews etc read these reviews and see if they appear to be realistic and more importantly if they've been given a low score for something that appears to be quite trivial mm. i find that people that give are sorely disappointed by a very small aspect of things uh or something then you can be more or less certain that the actual item is pretty good and they've just been hacked off that it doesn't feature i, I don't know three sim card slots yeah yeah you know i think that's the way to do it look for poor reviews that are unnecessarily low as opposed to you know inflated unnecessarily yeah. high scores yeah absolutely yeah um there was another site um which i haven't used much but i have posted one or two reviews into it uh which is uh fake spot i don't know if you ever used that um, oh yes, fake spot, of course. Yeah, which is really handy. I've only used it a few times, and it was uh, one of those times where it was an over overly glowing review, and it came back and it said, you know, this poster has a reputation for posting this exact same sort of review, and then you can see, hold on a minute, this this single account is posting reviews on however many products and you think well this person's either a multi-millionaire spending mm. their time on amazon uh or someone who's got a different agenda going on so so websites like fake spot and there's a few others around as well but um they're really good at weeding out these fake reviews uh like christian said as well go through them and find find the ones that read realistically uh as well it's tricky i always used to look for the ones with uh grammatical mistakes did you ever do that because it felt like they were a bit more realistic. You yeah, if, to that a bit more. If they feel co colloquial language. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Something just feels real. Something that reads like the way someone would talk. Yeah. Think, something's a bit conversational. Yeah. Yeah, a bit more natural. Um, yeah, it's tricky. It is very tricky. Uh, okay, uh, we're going to move on. Uh, just uh, head over to the the um, chat room from a moment next to uh, the YouTube feed. And uh, hello to everyone who's watching. We, uh, if anyone's got any questions, by all means, fire them our way. And if we can't answer them right away, then it's certainly something we'll do for the next podcast. Uh, Sophie Chai says she's entered multiple giveaways, but never have I ever won anything from makeusoft.com. Sorry to hear that. Um, obviously, we're the really useful podcast, although we're being hosted by makeusoft.com. Uh, we don't have any uh, influence over who wins the giveaways, although... I can tell you, lots of people win giveaways because the the, my local postmistress will tell you how many times I go down there with ridiculously large parcels and pay ridiculously <laughs> large postage fees to send things to people around Europe and North America. Nice, very nice. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the downside of doing a great video review is that you then have to go out and post it to someone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I've got a you never get to keep anything. Yeah, that's what people don't realise. Yeah. <laughs> what about that guy? Uh, Tiny violin playing. Can you hear? Yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> I was say about the guy a few years back who set up his uh, Twitter bot and uh, entered 
what was it like half a million Twitter competitions and right. one he like won something every day. Most of it was absolute wow. rubbish, but you know, like he won bottles of champagne and this and that, and uh, it was a good way of doing it if you've got yeah, the time. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> not to be sniffed at. Yeah. Uh, okay. So now we're um, now usually on the really useful podcast. We kind of do two or three tutorial type things, but we're live and visual, and we don't necessarily have the preparation for uh, what you would call hands-on stuff uh we probably need an extra camera and stuff to do that and edit it together and pre-record <clears> it we're live so what we're going to do is we're going to look at some tech after this item uh some useful useful tech uh, but first most people use an android phone or an android tablet uh, some people use android in other forms uh you might have an amazon tablet as well now all of these devices unless they're like 64 gigabytes or higher, are prone to run out of space quite early on and leave you feeling quite frustrated. There are various ways you can deal with this. Um, one of the main, and uh, if I can just reach over here. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is, here it is. The, the best way of getting more space on an Android device is with one of these, which is a micro SD card. Uh, this one is 16 gigabytes, so it's not, massive um, it's actually been bought for another purpose but uh, you know it's a good example mm -hmm. and it's a micro sd hc1 so it's um and it's it's a 10 rated card so it's really fast uh data exchange on that and good error correction now low budget devices are the biggest culprits here when they're like 16 gigabytes of storage or even eight gigabytes of storage in the case of some of the uh, amazon fire tablets very low budget uh tablets that you're going to run out of space almost immediately but with one of those and the right settings when you first insert the card you can make sure that i'm not going to say it's not going to run out of space but you're going to make you're going to do the utmost you're prepared for running out of space on the internal memory as big band on the internal storage by having that additional storage once you insert that card you get the option to uh, format it and in some cases and then to have your apps moved over and to install all future apps that you install onto the card rather than internally and that's a massive benefit when you've just got a device with eight gigabytes of storage or 16 gigabytes of storage or if you do a lot of video in uh, and photographs 32 gigabytes of storage can also run out quickly uh gavin is this a problem you've faced yourself oh yeah i was actually uh when we were doing the show notes i was remembering my first amazon phone which was the not amazon phone android phone sorry which was the uh, htc desire um back in 2010 mm. uh, wow. and that came with four gig maybe there you go it supports up to 32 gig um but the internal storage was absolutely nothing and it was a HTC device. So HTC's version of, of Android is just completely absolutely full of bloatware. Uh and it was, you know, back in the day, so it was Android 2.1. So the bloatware took up so much, it made it horrifically slow. Um and that was definitely a huge, huge problem back then. Um so I used a app back then. And it was called app to sd yeah yeah yeah, i remember that yeah yeah um which i've just got here is now 
called App Manager 3, which uh, looking at its listing, it's still going great guns, actually. It's four star, it's got mm -hmm. 400,000. Right. I mean, the features that that brings is now built into Android, so it's pretty much unnecessary. It's moving exactly. Uh, and exactly, that's, that's the thing. Android, Google finally started to integrate all of those features, didn't they? Yeah, I think I think that's the important thing as well that um, th th they've recognised that the system wasn't perfect and they've uh, improved it over the years. And I've found, I mean, I've used, I don't even want to think about the number of Android devices I've used. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on my fourth tablet that I can think of, uh, fourth Android tablet. And I am actually, I'm, this is, I'm, we'll be looking at this in a moment. Actually, uh, this comes with sixty-four gigabytes of storage, so I haven't even bothered to put. The storage card out of my previous tablet into this one yet. Uh, firstly, because I'm concerned that I'll lose the apps, I'll just have to install them again anyway. So it doesn't seem like there's massive need to do it. Uh, <laughs> but also because I, I don't see it running out of space anytime soon. Uh, having said that, it's um, you know I've probably lost the thread of where I was going with that. But you know, generally speaking. There are various tips and tricks that you can use to minimize, you know, you can you, you can clear the cache of apps as well, and that'll give you more storage. Now, very specifically with the Amazon Fire ones and the other <coughs> low-spec tablets yeah. and, um, and phones as well, they are going to run out of space very quickly, and deleting the cache of an app or deleting the entire app itself, really, if you're not using it, and it's, it kind of does tend to be games and movies that fill yeah. up devices. Yeah. So delete the movie when you finish watching it. Uh, if it's, I mean, if you buy it through Google Play, you still can watch it. So I'm not going to say own it because, we've, as we've seen from Apple recently, that's probably not necessarily the case. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> guess you've got a license to watch it for as long as we say so. Um. So yeah, so just getting back on track there because I've completely thrown it. Um, <laughs> is delete stuff on your low. On your low spec devices, it's your only options to delete stuff unless you've got an SD card slot that you can fill with a reasonable sized SD card, and it's pretty much where it is, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, luckily, as well, the the price of now of a of, of quite a large SD card is, is has dropped significantly in the last last few years, and you can pick up a an 128 gig class 10 uh, yeah. super fast one, like you were saying um you can get them on deals now for 20 20 quid or which is insane about, really isn't it if you think 35 dollars odd is that um yeah you know That's yeah which insane. is it's, it's, it's absolutely crazy um and like we were saying as well android is now extremely easy to do it on you head to head to your settings apps and notifications app info and there's a button <laughs> and you click it and it does the job does the job yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, so some good suggestions coming in the, uh, the, the the chat there. So thank you uh, to all of you. Um, I, I would mention you all by name, but um, I don't want to get the podcast banned from iTunes for saying the name of one of you. Um, so um, our essay, Biscuits and Wine, thank you. <laughs> uh, good. No, seriously, though, good suggestion. And uh, actually, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to uh, do a quick screen print uh, so I don't forget that. Uh, you know, everything's going on in my head with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so to hel hello to everyone uh, who's watching this live and hello to you, listener of the Really Useful Podcast, uh, who's listening to us through your 
usual podcasting device, whether you're on iTunes or Spotify, listening to us on the phone, uh, through a TV set. I don't. Do people do that? Do people listen to podcasts through the TVs? Well, if you've got a smart TV, I don't know. Watch, I mean, you can, you can, you can, but do you? Well, I mean, I personally wouldn't, but <laughs> no, yeah, same here. I mean, obviously, I mean, take. Um, Cody devices. There's yeah. various podcasts available through Cody, so mm. it's, it's, um, it's not uh, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. I'm saying that to be honest, in the daytime, I probably would. Uh, I think it's more the evening time. I can't imagine, you know, necessarily sitting down and looking at our, I mean, admittedly wonderful faces on a massive 55 inch, <laughs> you know, ultra HD. You know, yeah, you've put everything in perspective for me now. That's why I went for the moonlighting in case. You'll know, <laughs> deal with the blemishes. Yeah, that's why yeah. I'm in channel. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, uh, listen, we're uh, we're going to move on to some uh, kind of a visual item now. Uh, it's got nothing to do with the uh, line rack above. Okay, just keep that clear. That's staying where it is. Um, it's nothing to do with the VW camper van either. Actually, I'm going to let Gavin go first because I feel that mine's probably more of a big hitter than yours is i think it yeah i think it is yeah <laughs> but, um but it was things that we uh, are vital to productivity yes um and i like to get out of the house and work quite a lot uh, and go around to different cafes and go and sit down by the sea i live next to the sea so going to do things like that is quite nice so, so oh, hold on a minute hold on before we go any further can you actually <laughs> is, is, is the weather nice enough where you live to actually sit outdoors and work near the sea well, it was, you know, for a week back in wow. June. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I go anywhere near a beach, I'm going to be concerned about sand getting in my gear. Yeah, yeah. I don't say actually on the beach. I sit kind of like raised okay. way above it, you know, with it in view. And uh, yeah. But um, vital to working outdoors is having uh, a suitable battery. So okay. I have uh, a Life Power A2L. Um, and it's significant in that it has uh, AC output. It can output at 230 volts for a maximum of 120 watts, which uh, for a portable battery is, you know, pretty good. If you go any bigger than that, you're going to be looking at kind of lugging it along with a handle and maybe thinking about starting cars with it and things like that. So, okay, so is that going to charge your laptop? Uh, it keeps my laptop going for six to eight hours at a go. That's not bad. Uh, and that's continuous use. Uh, really? And then when the battery runs out, obviously you get your full um, full laptop battery as well. Uh, I've taken it camping a few times. Uh, and whilst we were camping, I got about 40 phone charges out of it, various people that we were camping with. So our tent was completely filled with mobile phones and cables across the floor. Um but having something like, you know, a battery, it doesn't have to be an absolute whopper like that. Um, and it, it actually very much comes down to the laptop you have. So I've got a 17 and a half inch laptop with a uh, a pretty powerful graphics card in it. Even when you turn the graphics card off, it still uses a fair amount of, of battery. So mm. um, it requires an AC power connection. And there's not that many. Um that you can do that with so the life power is a very very good choice um one extra good thing about it is it's it's extremely it's extremely rugged it really is um and it's well worth well worth the investment um and it really keeps that productivity going when you leave the house 
Excellent, excellent. Uh, productivity is uh, one of our big bywords here at the Really Useful Podcast. Now, um, to maybe exemplify that further, and I'm just going to uh, read my refreshment there. I've recently got hold of a Samsung Galaxy Tab S4 uh, because I decided that actually the laptop that I was using was too heavy to actually it was basically it was a desktop replacement laptop so it, <laughs> uh, it, it was getting a bit silly taking it places now this is perfectly great uh tablet uh, it's got great graphics capabilities it's you know it's the flagship tablet at the moment and it isn't cheap okay i'm not going to uh, lead you up any garden paths this might not work for you at all you know however it does have a really good feature it comes with an s pen uh, which is a feature that uh, uh an accessory that also ships with the uh, Galaxy Note 8 and Galaxy Note 9 phones. Now, I've just found this amazing thing. I'm a bit of a journalist. That's absolutely the wrong way of putting that, actually. I like to keep a journal. <laughs> I'm a journalist. Okay, I've been uh, keeping a regular diary. I started years and years ago writing diaries, and then they kind of like fell apart and bits got lost and stuff, and I stopped doing it. Uh, but uh, over the last few years, I started keeping a diary again. First, it was online. Um, then it was just in uh, word files. And I thought, actually, why don't you just use paper? So you know, I got myself a uh, nice uh, moleskin book and started using that. But I've just got this, and this isn't replacing the moleskin. But if I just press this button, there's a little button on the uh, S Pen in my finger. I press that, and I tap the screen. We get a little message up there to save in notes. Then I can do this. I just absolutely love this. Nice. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm in love with this tablet. I can do that. <laughs> and then I'll just save in notes. There you go. And off it goes. And I can retrieve it when I next... Or I can do another one. I can do another one. It's fine. It, I can do this all day. I absolutely love this. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, that's pretty, pretty uncanny, actually. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's me. So this tablet isn't cheap, okay? But the fact that we can do this now with a tablet and pen, and the productivity for me, this is perfect, because this also has another feature, which I'm, I'm just going to brief, quickly show you, um, which is a new thing from Samsung. And basically, oh, I've lost the S Pen. Basically, it does the, the whole Android tablet experience for this, okay? So I'm just going to unlock it. And see if they, it has Irish unlock. So there we go. Right, it's unlocked. So typical Android tablet there. Okay. Now, I also have a feature in here called Samsung DEX, which you probably can't see there, but I'll just press it. And when I do press it properly, it changes mode. Okay. Just watch that load up. And we've got a desktop environment. Ah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And that is my new laptop, basically. It's a tablet. It does all the Android stuff. I can read all my magazines, read my books, uh, check my news sources. I can do work on it in the Android way, but I also have a desktop environment for mouse and keyboard, which is a massive boost to productivity. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I've just shown you three modes that this thing does, and it's absolutely fantastic. It's well worth the money. It isn't cheap by any means. However, uh, the S Pen thing is gone. It's going to be a feature in other devices 
soon. Uh, it's got 4,096 points of pressure. Desktop environment is appearing in a few other Samsung products. It is not the first uh, desktop environment for mobile devices. Uh, you know, the, the um, Galaxy S9 does that as well. There are other ways of doing that. The Windows 10 mobile phones from HP and Microsoft's Lumi 950, they have the Continuum system, uh, which uses wireless HDMI to connect the phone to your TV or a monitor that's HDMI ready, and you can use that straight away. Um, this uh, tablet does the same by HDMI as well, but you need a, uh, a USB-C cable to HDMI to do that. Uh, there's also a special dock which will do it for you. Uh, same goes for the phones. And there's also uh, Maru OS, which is a specialist Android operating system for phones, which when connected to TV via wireless HDMI does the same thing. And there's also the uh, rarely seen these days uh, Ubuntu Touch, which is maintained by UB Ports. Uh, Ubuntu Touch phones, which is a Linux operating system, also have a system of their own for desktop, which is called Convergence. And you can do the same thing with that. And they all work really well. They're all perfectly fine. I do think having used all three, I do feel that Dex is the one that might just finally break this kind of using your phone or tablet as a desktop computer paradigm into the mainstream. Uh, but that, I just love writing on my tablet. Like <laughs> it's an actual tablet. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I could just go on the roof and do that with a piece of chalk. <laughs> <laughs> Send help, please. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, well, we are here for uh, another minute or so. If anyone has any uh, questions, uh, just throw them at us. As mentioned, you'll be able to listen to this podcast again on uh, iTunes, on Spotify, on uh, Google Podcasts, and all the other places. Uh, in uh, probably a few hours, because I'll be uh, getting to work editing that together and uh, publishing it uh, pretty much as soon as Gavin and I have finished talking. This is the fourth really useful podcast. We are uh, we started off with about 50 listeners uh, in the first week. We're uh, hitting 100 listeners for episode three, so I'm pretty excited about that. So we're obviously gaining a nice little bit of momentum there. The aim, as we said, is to break down tech stuff and stop... Yeah, kill the jargon. Stop doing tech stuff for tech people. Do tech stuff for real people who need to use the tech. And I haven't got the time to listen to the bull. Okay, so, and, you know, we're going to attempt to fix everything that we can for you uh, in, in that regard. However, obviously, you know, there's only four of us and we kind of need a bit of help for suggestions from you. And also, if you can share the podcast or this video cast, um, do people say video cast anymore? Probably not. Oh, uh, it's not 1950. Damn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> last time I checked, it wasn't. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah share, share what we're doing and give it to your, your friends and your relatives who aren't that au fait with technology, who aren't that familiar with technology, aren't that comfortable with technology. And we're aiming to bring them and technology together in a way that's compatible for everyone. That's pretty much it, really. And make sure the technology is working for you and is productive. I mean, hey, this is the thing, right? Okay. Someone has to deal with this. Glasses, lights, webcam. What's going on there? Okay. One day someone's going to deal with this. 
Maybe something to do with uh, like Google Glass will fix it with the because it had just a single, quite sheer single visor, wasn't it? It wasn't yeah, it was, a double yeah. visor thing. So maybe you'll probably be able to implement something like that. Could be, yeah, or it could be just you know a case of um, special filters. Yeah. Glasses might do it. I don't know. I'm not a, uh, I'm not really an expert in optics. This well, may come as some surprise to you. Yeah, maybe, well, maybe yeah. <laughs> Uh, the contact lenses with uh, an overlaid HUD inside them. I mean, that would be cool, wouldn't it? One for the future. <laughs> Definitely one for the future. Definitely one for the future. Uh, but yeah, so passes around in the nicest possible sense. Share the link to the release of podcast to all your friends, relatives who aren't that affiliated with technology, who aren't that familiar with technology, who want more from technology. The people that you hear complaining that their phone or the tablet or the TV or the DVD player or the game console or the laptop or even, I don't know, their smart oven or smart fridge isn't working for them properly. Or in the car, the features in the car, because you know, cars are connected these days as well. Uh, point them in our direction, and we are here for a long time, I hope, to break these things down and give people a fighting chance of getting to use the technology the way that they expected to when it was sold to them, when they bought it. The things that they were promised. We're going to help technology fulfill its promises to the average child. I've been Christian Corley. Well, I am Christian Corley. I have been Christian Corley and I will be for some time to come. That's Gavin Phillips, my colleague uh, from makeusoft.com. <laughs> and uh, that's all from this live, really useful podcast, courtesy of makeusoft.com. Big thanks to the uh, Makeusoft team for uh, letting us use their YouTube channel. You can follow us by subscribing to us on iTunes. You'll find the link below the video feed here. And also, please follow us on here on YouTube as well, because we're going to be doing some more. We're going to be publishing our podcasts as videos, and we're going to maybe squeeze some smaller videos in there as well. But, uh, you know, if you subscribe to us via the link just there in the show notes, just down there, just down there, just scroll down, down a little bit. Uh, so you can subscribe to the really useful podcast on YouTube, follow the link there, hit subscribe, and you will find out uh, when uh, we release a new video. On here, and you know, if you like listening on earphones to podcasts, who doesn't head to iTunes and uh, subscribe to us there? And if you could also leave us a review, that would be awesome, totes awesome, <laughs> as the kids apparently say. <laughs> and then the video casts. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all very much for watching live, and uh, to the listener, thank you. Until next time, it's goodbye.